0: How's it going, everybody? Welcome into the seventh episode of the want to talk sports podcast. I'm your host, Rylan Kelly. Kyle, how you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. For sure. We're coming off of a couple of hectic weeks with March Madness and start of the MLB season. So it's cooled down a little bit, but there's still some good stuff. Yeah, so we might as well just get
1: started here with some NBA news as the NBA creeps closer and closer to the postseason. There is some controversy in the NBA right now. The owners are pretty miffed as one would say because all their players are getting injured. To name just a few, LeBron, Kevin Durant, Giannis, Jamal Murray just tore his ACL. Clay's been out for the last two years. Trey Young's hurt. Shea Gilders, Alexander's hurt. Fred Van Vliet, Anthony Davis, Victor Oladipo, LaMelo Ball, James Wiseman. Some great young talent on there too. And the owners are pretty worried that with only the two-month break after last season, and then the fact they've had to condense so many games because of COVID, that we're not in a very player-friendly atmosphere as far as injuries are concerned.
0: And I honestly think they have a point. We, we're coming off of a 72-day season, which is ridiculously short. COVID's kind of messed everything up. And I think this this kind of falls back onto what we talked about a few weeks ago with the All-Star game, right? All these players they didn't want to have an all-star game because they were having this shortened offseason. They were having this condensed game schedule. And with that, they wanted that extra rest because they're not able to get that right now. And we're seeing the repercussions of that. The best talent in the NBA is getting injured. And we didn't even name all of the players. Like this is just like the stars, but yeah, it, it's bad, man. Like it, it, you never like to see LeBron hurt, obviously. But then Giannis, Shadgil, Gilgis, Gilgis Alexander, Jamal Murray. Ah, that that was really tough seeing him go down with that. You knew right away. You you just saw him grabbing that knee, and you knew it was gone. I, I'm not sure if this is like directly from the shortened off season, but. I think it's got to have something to do with it, right? Because this seems like so many more injuries than we're used to seeing. And yeah. I think they're just wearing down their bodies more than more than ever.
1: Yeah, and something that Luka Doncic and Mark Cuban brought up from the Mavericks that makes a lot of sense to talk about right now considering these injuries is the fact that the NBA is still going to have a play-in tournament. I am a huge opponent of competitive basketball, and I'm not a fan of teams just resting all their guys all the time just to like rest up for the playoffs. But in a year like this, where rest is, like, so few and far between, I just don't think a play-in tournament is really advantageous. I mean, just let the top eight teams go in, let teams rest their guys if they need to, and so we can have a healthy playoffs.
0: Yeah, for sure, man. It's definitely interesting that this was the year they chose to add the play-in tournament of of any, because that's just more games for the the 7 through 10 seed, and that's going to be brutal on them. Whatever whatever teams make it out with that 7 and 8 seed, they're going to come in exhausted to those first round of the playoffs. So, if you're fighting for the 7 and 8 seed, that's great for the teams that that didn't quite make it, but but for the teams that should have made it, it kind of feels like they're getting screwed this year.
1: Exactly. And the last thing the NBA wants is for example, Luka Doncic and Steph Curry, those are two players that might be in the play-in tournament, is for them to get hurt in this play-in tournament. And then it have it affect next year. The season's already going and you have to finish it. So it's hard to fix anything now. But the NBA should really consider doing an extended off-season.
0: If we see like some big injuries in this play-in tournament, if the off-season's normal length, like do you think there's a chance that they take it back out? Because no one wants to see those injuries in the play-in tournament. No one wants to see those big players go down. Mm-hmm. And I mean that extra, those extra games, extra wear on your body especially in the shortened off season with COVID and everything. It, if players get injured, it could be bad for the NBA. It might end up being kind of a failed experiment, which would be unfortunate because I think in a normal year, a play-in tournament could be a really good idea and could be really entertaining. Mm-hmm. But this is not the year to implement it.
1: Yeah, and I'm like I said, I'm a proponent of competitive basketball, but I was never a fan of the playing tournament. And the reason why is because I don't think if you're in ninth or tenth seed, you should have a chance to make the playoffs. The NBA already has more than half of its team in the play, half of its teams in the playoffs, and I think it's hard for me to get on board with a rewarding mediocrity like that. I think if you really wanted to have a competitive playoffs, what I would do cut is it to that, six. Yeah, I would go six teams. First and second seeds get buys, and then you do three game series between three versus six, four versus five, and then you just do the normal seven gamers for the one versus the ones and twos every versus everyone else. I think that would be very entertaining. And it would give those five and six seeds who are underdogs but more deserving of making playoff spots a better chance of winning a series. So
0: yeah, I mean, the NBA already has less teams than, like, the NFL, but the NFL's only got seven teams making it in, and that's a that's a new rule for them. Typically, they've – or up until this point, they've just had six teams making it in, and they have a whole two extra teams in the league. So it, it is interesting that they're giving, like, these 9 and 10 seeds who are maybe not even going 500 on the year. I mean, I would say there's about a 0% chance that whatever the 9 and 10 seeds are in the East – go 500 this year like the east is just bad the the hornets are the number four seed i don't know i'm not a huge fan of it either like it's entertaining and they're trying to bring in more money and more people to watch the games but i don't know if that's the right way to do it especially this year
1: i mean i would even be on board with them just getting rid of the conferences and seeding one through 16 just so that the west gets a because the west is always better than the east and i just think it's dumb like just looking at the standings right now the Warriors are the 10 seed and they're 26 and 28. They're under 500. It's like I'm a Warriors fan, but I don't think if you're under 500 you should make the playoffs. But at least they're close to 500. If you look at the Eastern Conference, the 10 seed right now is the Bulls and they're 22 and 31. They're 9 games under 500 and they're going to have a chance to make the playoffs. The, yeah, Patriots that, are the 9 seed and they have a worse record than the Warriors. They're 25 and 28.
0: That that really is crazy. Like yeah, there's no world where the Bulls should have a chance to make the playoffs and luckily they won't there's no shot that they win a game in the play in tournament but
1: yeah i don't know man Zach Levine and Vucevic they could they can win a game
0: <sighs> yeah yeah i guess so a little bit more nba news never thought i would be saying that this this year but the phoenix suns my phoenix suns number 1 ranked team in the nba power rankings how ridiculous is that I think power rankings are stupid. I don't disagree.
1: (laughs) The Phoenix Dows are having a great year, and I think they're going to be dangerous in the playoffs. I think their uh, ability to not only shoot the ball but defend and the fact that they have a closer with Devin Booker and Mm -hmm. a point guard with Chris Ball, who's got a playoff experience, I think they're going to be tough. And I think they have a realistic chance of making it to the Western Conference Finals and possibly to the finals. But I wouldn't make too much of being number one in a power ranking.
0: Okay, I, I get that. I, I'm totally with you. Most of the time, power rankings don't matter at all. But coming off of 10 years of not even mediocrity, 10 years of garbage, <laughs> they haven't made the playoffs since 2009-2010 season. So this is like 11 years now without making it. They started off the season 8-8, eight and eight, and then they have been 31 and seven since then that is crazy i i know power rankings don't matter but wow i never thought i'd be saying that this year and it just makes me happy
1: i'd love to see the suns win the nba finals i think that'd be great i'd love to see the jazz win the nba finals i mean as long as it's not the clippers or the lakers i'm cool with anyone winning the nba Finals. i'm cool with the blazers winning the nba finals it'd be fun i don't think they will but
0: yeah i don't think they will either but that would be cool dame yeah. would dame would do something funny for sure We'd get plenty of memes out of it. I'm, I'm confident of.
1: Don't get me wrong. I'm a diehard Warriors fan. Like any year, the Warriors win the finals is a good year to me. But I want to see Dame win one, one year. He's an Oakland guy. I'd love to see him get a get a championship.
0: Yeah, I I think everyone would also love to see Chris Paul get one too with the Suns. But I I don't necessarily see them getting there, even though I'd love it. But I mean, seeing Chris Paul get a ring would be would be awesome because I think he deserves one for sure. So Steph Curry my
1: man he passed Wilt chamberlain on the all-time Warriors scoring list earlier this week we've known he's the greatest warrior of all time for a long time that's no question but there's been some conversations circulating around the nba that steph could be the greatest point guard of all time and let me say that does get me excited because steph curry is my boy as i said however with that being said as much as i'm a steph curry fan i think that might be a little too much but I will say this, I think he's the, one of the most influential players of all time. I think he changed the game completely. And so besides Michael Jordan or Bill Russell, I could see him in like that that talk of like changing the game, like changing what the game, how the game is played. With that being said, Magic Johnson still pretty good. So.
0: Yeah, for sure, man. I, I think it's nowhere close to out of the question. He's for sure top three, right? And I think probably top two for sure, too. I think it is probably him or Magic. That That's a tough conversation. <laughs> um, and it's really hard to say either way. They're very different players. Steph, I think we can all agree, is – and I don't like Steph Curry because I don't like how dominant that team has been. But I think we can all agree that he is – the best shooter of all time and that's just kind of a fact and like you said he did change the game i would say michael lebron bill russell kobe and steph those are the five big players that have really like elevated the game or shifted the game to like a different way that it's played the three is shot more than ever and i would attribute a lot of that to what steph has done for the game yeah I mean, you never saw players pulling up from half court. Now you got Dame, Trey Young, even Devin Booker sometimes. They'll they'll be filling themselves, and they'll pull from half court, and they hit. Like, it, it's weird, but it's crazy. Yeah. But, yeah, be, best point guard ever. I mean, he's up there. I, I don't know if you can ever really say one way or the other.
1: Yeah, and that's kind of the problem with these conversations is that you're never going to really know. That's been my problem with the GOAT conversation
0: for sure yeah the the lebron and michael conversation it's yeah michael does have more rings but lebron had better stats in all of his championship runs lebron had worse teams it, yeah. it's it's tough conversations and i've had them many times and it just usually results in a bunch of yelling and no one really feeling satisfied at the end of it so yeah. There doesn't need to be a goat. There is, and I think I think it's probably Michael for our generation. It is LeBron. LeBron's the best player of our generation. Exactly. And like it's different. It's a different game. So, yeah, it, that's the same kind of thing with Steph and Magic. Different game. Um, exactly. But well, they're both amazing.
1: Well, Ryland, you want to run us through some NFL news?
0: Nothing too crazy happening. But first off, we had Jadavion Clowney, defensive end. Uh, Formerly of the Titans and Seahawks, he signed with the Browns on a one-year $10 million deal. That'll be a pretty scary combo with him and Miles Garrett. Actually, kind of related to what we were talking about with the NBA, the NFL actually decided on extending the season to 17 games, which I don't like at all. I think this messes up a lot of things. All the players were not happy seeing this happen. 16 games is a lot with just... Such a contact-heavy sport, but I think also every record, every dat that's been set now, there's a whole extra game to beat it. I just think that just ruins. Us. You have these touchdown stat, like 55 touchdowns thrown by Peyton Manning. The touchdown record can now get crushed with that extra game. I, I don't know. I, I really don't like it. I don't think it was necessary. It changes up playoff picture and how, how many games teams now win to get into the play. I'm just not happy with it. And I think the league kind of feels the same way too. How do you feel about it?
1: So dumb. Absolutely so dumb. I'm all good with decreasing the preseason because the preseason is dumb in itself. Sure. I just don't see the point. Like just why? Why? And no. I know why is they want to make extra money. But in a sport where injuries are already such a big deal, trying to keep your stars in the field as long as possible is like – so hard to do in the sport especially for non-quarterbacks it just does not seem necessary and it just seems like it it seems like there's more cons than there is pros i mean will i watch the extra game yeah yeah but (laughs) but will i be happy that there is an extra game yes but also no because i'll be happy i'm watching football but i will not be happy about the principle and so if they're going to do this they have to bring the playoffs back down to six teams in my opinion so
0: I think we're really just seeing the effects of COVID on sports. I, I think this is the same with the play-in tournament. We saw all these teams lose so much money last year, not being able to have fans. They had to come up with a way to kind of recoup these losses. And it's in ways that, yes, it's exciting for the fans, and that's how they're planning on bringing in the more money. But it's tough on the players. Like, those extra games – it's just yeah in a in a sport that players are already getting hurt so constantly no one wants to see their star players get hurt in this extra game that shouldn't even be there so knock on wood that we don't see any injuries in week 17 but yeah that that was some interesting news that Kind of put the league and players in a little bit of an uproar. They were not happy. Some more NFL news. Alden Smith, former defensive end for the 49ers, is working out with the Seattle Seahawks. So he might get signed there, help sure up that pass rush, which has been pretty bad over the past few years. Speaking of the Seahawks, Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll are reported to now be better than ever after that whole Russell Wilson trade saga Uh, They definitely had to work through some things, but Brandon Marshall, former teammate and was coached by Pete Carroll, says that uh, they're doing better than ever. And I think that's just kind of what happens in a relationship. When you're able to get through some tough things, I think they were able to get stuff out on the table, talk it out, whatever needed to happen, happen. And I, I think that's pretty par for the course with most relationships. They figured it out and they got through it. So something that Kyle might be a little interested, 49ers are working out Justin Fields. So maybe the Mac Jones reports aren't as for sure as we thought they were. What are you thinking about that? I'm cool with whoever they
1: draft. I think it'll work out. That's hard to go wrong. The only person who would frustrate me a little bit is Trey Lance. Even that, I would see like the potential there. Justin Fields and Mac Jones, definitely, I mean, they were the two quarterbacks that matched up in the national championship game last year. They definitely have the most experience, and I think they have the most potential of being good right away. I think Mac Jones fits the 49ers offense better. I think Justin Fields is a better athlete. Um, so I trust Kyle Shanahan with either one. I think it would be exciting to have Justin Fields because I think Justin Fields is a Lamar Jackson um Cam Newton type of player like just like very explosive can run down the field has a very strong arm actually I think it'd be closer probably to compare him to like a Josh Allen or something like that I think that'd be exciting but also I think Mac Jones fits the offense perfectly and so um, I think that he's just a Jimmy Garoppolo but with a little bit more potential I- I'd be cool with either one I think it's exciting unless they go out there and just draft a nobody I'm probably gonna be happy with it so
0: <laughs> yeah for sure and I think Either way, if they take one of those two, they'll be fine. Justin Fields has looked really good. I mean, he he showed off. He had a good arm in college. The kid is resilient. He took some shots in that semifinals game and still came back up on the field. But yeah, I think either way, will probably be a good pick. Uh, I'm still not a super believer in Mac Jones. I think he's kind of a system quarterback. But that's not necessarily bad for the 49ers. I think the 49ers kind of do well with the system quarterback, having a really good run game and having a really good defense. So a couple more pieces of news, Aaron Donald, multiple time defensive player of the year. I think maybe the best player in the league was accused of assault in a nightclub a few days ago. It looked bad, man. There were some pictures that came out of the the dude that he assaulted and He had a big black eye. His face was all cut up and stuff. Pretty gnarly, pretty bad. It looks like he clearly did it. So I guess something's going to happen, right? It's so hard to say this because it really is like talking about just two
1: things that are both bad. But when I heard that he was accused of assault, the first thing I thought would make sure it's not like his wife or his girlfriend. Yeah. And when I found out that it wasn't, there was a little bit of relief there. It doesn't make it any better. It's just that the fact that, like, that's how low our standards are for some of these guys. Look, I don't know the full story. Maybe uh, things were said that shouldn't have been said. Maybe there was escalation that went on that we don't know about. But at the end of the day, if you're that public of a figure, someone who is revered by a lot of people and someone who's known in the public sphere, you have to be more careful than that. And you also have to be more responsible than that. So
0: I also got to say, Whoever this dude is that messed with Aaron Donald (laughs) might be the biggest idiot on the planet. Anyone listening, just look up a picture of Aaron Donald. This dude is like, he's a defensive tackle, but he is absolutely shredded. He can bench over 500 pounds and he literally looks like a mini hulk. It is crazy how jacked this man is. So whoever's the idiot that was messing with Aaron Donald, bro, step in your lane. Like, I don't know what you're doing, man. That, that was not a good business decision.
1: <laughs> no, sir. Well, yeah. Brian, do you think the Patriots can move up and get a quarterback?
0: Dude, there's been some talks that they might. The Falcons have been talking trades for that number four pick, potentially. Belichick maybe wants that new quarterback. They re-signed Cam Newton on a one-year deal, uh, which was honestly a little bit surprising, but they kind of needed someone. I guess if they trade up to four, they have a shot at either Mac Jones or Justin Fields or Trey Lance, So, depending on who the Niners take. So yeah, that would be really interesting, kind of. It would feel like almost a reboot of, of that dynasty that's been so dominant the past past couple of decades. So, How long do you think
1: Edelman's going to stay retired before he signs with the Buccaneers?
0: Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. All I know is Gronk said there's a 69% chance that he comes to the Bucs, so I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs>
1: hey. Hey.
0: Well, let's move on to some baseball
1: news, and we have some baseball news that's happening right now as we speak. So in Major League Baseball, there's only been 23 perfect games in the history of Major League Baseball. Currently, Carlos Rodon of the Chicago White Sox is perfect through eight innings against the Ooh, Indians right now. No way. He's only got 95 pitches. He struck out six. So hopefully, fingers crossed, before this podcast ends, we will know whether he threw the perfect game or not. And as soon as we find that out, we will let you know. That would be the 24th perfect game in Major League Baseball history, a sport. That has been going on since eighteen eighty four. So that would wow. be amazing. some other news. Just Joe Musgrove, speaking of great pitching performances, he threw the first no hitter in San Diego Padre's history. The first Padre, and the Padres been around since the sixties, to throw a no hitter ever. Um so that was really exciting. In front of a super. packed house at Tech in Texas, because they do that here. Yeah. Um, Su-
0: super impressive this early in the season, too. There's usually only like a couple of no hitters each year, so mm-hmm. impressive. Okay.
1: Yeah, I think pitchers are making a bit of a comeback this year, especially since they unjuiced the balls. But you didn't hear that from me. Um, (laughs) But we had a controversial end to a game on Sunday. The Phillies beat the Braves on a play where um, Alex Boehm of the Philadelphia Phillies slid into home plate in the top of the ninth inning to score the uh, go ahead run. And it appeared that he scored. But then on further review, he did not ever touch the plate. Well, anyway, umpires went and reviewed the play and still called him safe, even though it was clear he never
0: touched the plate. It was so stupid. <laughs> yeah, that was really ridiculous. Like, what's the point of having a, a review? Like, it was it was clear. You It couldn't have gotten too much more clear that he didn't touch the plate. Yeah. And they kept the call. Like, they said the call stands. So, like, does that mean, like, they didn't have enough ev- evidence to overturn it? Because, like, it seemed pretty clear to everybody else. But, yeah, that... That was ridiculous. L- luckily, super long season, not the end of the world for mm-hmm. the losing team. But, yeah, that was a crazy, crazy end of the game because he he did not touch the plate. He did not. Uh, so- sorry, Braves fans.
1: It's okay, Braves fan. It's only April. You'll get over it. Yeah, uh, you'll,
0: you'll be okay. You'll be in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, some other news, the Red Sox. They started the season 0-3, and since they have gone 9-0, they are now 9-3. They uh, won two games today. They played a doubleheader today and they won both. And so they're nine and three. Now they're red hot, which is very exciting because uh, whenever the Red Sox and the Yankees are both good, it's an exciting league to be in the Red Sox last year were struggled mightily in the 60 game season, but they brought back their manager from their world series championship, Alex Cora this year. And Alex Cora appears to have righted the ship. They have some good young players. Um, they've appeared to have uh, at least slightly gotten over the Mookie best bets trades. So we'll see if the Red Sox can continue this. They've won nine in a row and that's very exciting. And then just some news that's not surprising whatsoever. Um, the Dodgers are nine and two. Uh, who would have thought, you know, they're uh, dominating best pitching staff in baseball. But what is surprising is the teams behind them. Padres, I think we all expect them to be good. They're 8-4. But the Giants are right behind the Padres and the Dodgers. They're 8-4 and four as well. Could be the Mariners, though. But you're right. That's the one series we lost. But my boys have just come off a 5-1 homestand. They've won the last three series they've played. They took two out of three from the Red Hot Reds. And uh, I'm excited. They're going to Miami, and I think they can beat up on the Marlins. The Marlins can't hit, so –
0: yeah, that's true, dude, and the Dodgers are scary, dude, and Mookie Betts isn't even playing right now, that team's going to be crazy, and I'll say Trevor Bowery pitched yesterday, and he cooked, they won 7-0, he had nine strikeouts through eight innings, like, ugh, that that team's so good, that team's going to be so hard to beat in the playoffs, especially they've choked in the playoffs many years before, but now they're coming off that championship. They got that confidence and (sighs) they just got better. A little update for
1: you guys. Carlos Rodon just retired the first um, hitter in the ninth inning. So he's two outs away from a perfect game. I have it right in front of me. We're going to go through our predictions, but I will keep you updated. We might be able to call a perfect game live on the podcast, which would be pretty dope. So Rylan, you want to uh, throw us into some predictions here?
0: Yeah, let's do it, man. Uh, We got six games, like usual, for you. A quick little update. As everybody expected, I'm crushing Kyle right now. After last week, I am 17-10, and and Kyle is 14-13. and So he's got a little bit of catching up to do. Today, we will start it off with the Lakers versus Jazz this Saturday. A battle of two good teams. Who do you got in this one?
1: Lakers a little banged up right now. The Jazz want to take out revenge on the Lakers anytime they can because they're a West Coast team, and West Coast teams hate the Lakers. So I got the Jazz in this one.
0: Oh, yeah. I I kind of want to take the Lakers after the Lakers beat up on the Nets without LeBron and AD, but I, I think you're right. This Jazz team's been shown that they can compete with every team, and the Lakers are beat up, so I'll go Jazz too. Rays
1: and Yankees, a little baseball here. Um, the Rays have actually dominated the Yankees.
0: Who you got, Ryland? Hey man, I stuck with them last week and I'm sticking with them again. Randy Reina. that's my guy. I'm—he didn't get a homer last week, but I'm calling it. This is the week he gets it. He's hitting it against the Yankees this game. And they're pulling this one out.
1: Interesting, interesting. Well, I gotta stick with it. I got—I—I can't—I can't say no now. Um, I'm going with the. Uh, I'm going with the Yankees again. I, I they got to win eventually, um, and I, I I have to I have to come back. So I'm, right. going, I'm going with the Yankees. Okay. Uh, some basketball, Nets versus Heat. The Heat are a dangerous team, and Nets will probably rest everyone. Uh, who do you got, Ryland?
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I think I'm going to take the Heat in this one. They're they're a good team. They're dangerous on every level. Great defensively, they can score. Yeah, I'll I'll go with the Heat.
1: I'm also going with the Heat. Because I love Jimmy Butler, and I think the Heat are a lot better than people give him credit for.
0: I will have to say the Suns did beat him by 20 yesterday. Just putting that out there.
1: Oh, you and your sons. Oh, guys, I have to I have to update you. Carlos Rodon just hit a guy with a pitch, ending the perfect game.
0: No. Got
1: to go. Oh, what a
0: terrible way to end it.
1: <laughs> and oh. he's he still got a no-hitter, but he just hit – uh, roberto perez with a pitch ending the perfect game so
0: oh that's a brutal way for that to go hitting a player uh,
1: yes yes indeed all right rylan all right indians, uh, and reds.
0: indians versus reds all hmm. you know what I'll, I'll go with the reds joey Votto gonna hit another bomb
1: okay okay joey Votto did have a good series in san francisco Giants still took two out of three I just don't think they're going to be able to get over what the Giants did to them. Oh, because of that, that's right. Because of that, I'm going to go with the Indians. So
0: All right, all right. Uh, up next, we got a battle of two great teams right now, the Dodgers versus the Padres. Who you got in this one? It's against
1: uh, my moral constitution to ever pick the Dodgers, so I'm going with the Padres.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm in it to win, so I will take the Dodgers.
1: And then a little matchup for Ryland here. The Astros, the cheating Astros versus the Mariners. Who you got?
0: We hate cheaters. Of course I'm choosing the Mariners. The Mariners haven't been looking as bad as many people expected. I expect that to fade later on in the season. But I think they can pull this one out. No one likes cheaters. Everybody hates the Astros. They come to play.
1: Mariners. Going with the Mariners in this one. We're, we
0: have solidarity in
1: the fact that we hate the uh, the fact that we hate the
0: Astros. everybody hates the Astros. It's just like our world is mu- very divided in many ways right now. We can all unite around the fact that we hate the Astros. Another update for you guys:
1: um, Yu Chang of the Indians just struck out, which means that he still has a no hitter. Carlos Rodon with two outs to with he's got two outs now. He's got one out to go. He just threw a strike to. Um, Jordan Luplau on the Cleveland Indians. And so uh it's oh and one right now with two outs. Ooh, ball one, one and one.
0: Dang, if we got two no-hitters this early in the season, that would be wild. It would be wild. Ooh, foul ball, one and two. Okay, one more pitch. Can he pull it out? Ball two. It's two and two. <laughs> hey, he can walk a guy that's still a no-hitter. Foul ball. Still two and
1: two. <laughs> All three. No. Three and two.
0: Foul ball. (laughs) We'll get there eventually, guys. You just got to hang with us. Luckily, the post production, we can cut out all the middle space for you guys. Ooh, ground out. No hitter. No hitter. (laughs) We have the second no hitter of the season. And with that we would like to
1: thank you for coming to the seventh episode of the want to talk sports podcast. Can't get more exciting than
0: that. We finished on a no hitter. Yeah. Hey, we do it live. Sometimes sometimes (laughs) we're giving you those live updates, but thanks everybody for tuning in. It's been a fun episode, not a crazy week in the world of sports, but I expect stuff to pick up, especially with the NFL draft coming up in a couple of weeks and baseball still getting in stride. So thank you all for joining. It's been a fun time, Kyle. Have a good one.
1: Peace out, guys.